a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level entire area. Scarier than an outbreak. All right, this week on uh, the Pete the Planner Show, I, you know, I didn't have a topic, just being honest with you. So I went to get my morning coffee at Zing Cafe, like I always do, right below our, our uh, studios and our offices. Talk to my good friend here. Uh, who down there that uh, he owns a shop and a lot of other things. We start talking about what do we want for our kids when it relates to our money? Like, uh, what's our legacy? What are you going to do? And so I thought it's a perfect conversation to have on radio. So that's what we're doing, and we're doing it right now. So I welcome to the show once again, uh, David Klein. You've been on the show before when we had yes, a real estate episode. Absolutely. You were the proprietor of uh, Zing Cafe. Yes. Amongst other things. <laughs> you, you are a coffee shop owner. Uh, do you ever just say that? Like, what do you do for like, I own a coffee shop, and then just stop there? Stop. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. So we were talking down uh, at the shop this morning, and we were just saying, um, what what do you want to do for your kids when, when, you're, when you're in post-retirement? <laughs> when you're dead. Post-retirement. What right. do you want for your kids? And it's an interesting conversation, and I would like to start by saying... No answer is wrong. No answer is right. It's just what it's what's right for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do you how do you begin to think about your money in relation to what do you want it to do when you're not here? You know, I think the first thing I that I did is I want to discuss what my money is going to do for me while I'm here. Right. And do that first, and then my second choice is what does that do for my kids? My ultimate goal is not to make sure my kids are taken care of for the rest of their life. If that's a byproduct of what happens, then that's a bonus. Sure. But, you know, first choice is what it does for Sherry and I when we want to retire or wind down at that point in our lives. Sherry, um, not just being a random person, but your wife. Yeah, or whoever. Or right. a person named Sherry. <laughs> you were to any Sherry out there. Yeah, right. any Sherry's, David will take care of you. But how, and I think about my situation. I will say this, and everyone's different. My parents are both living, you know, thank God. Sure. I don't want to dime from them now. And, and I want them to use all of their money. Right. Uh, I want that last check to bounce. Well, actually, I don't, because then I have to. Then you got to deal with it. I mean. Sure. Um, well, your parents have got to understand. You know, the old saying: if if they don't fly first class, their kids will. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, so all, I've actually never heard that. Yeah. Well, we don't want them to save all of their money just for the for the kids. I'm not going to budget all of my money so that it's all there for my kids. I work hard for it. I earned it. I should enjoy it and live with it. Then what's left? would be great to go down to my kids and for them to use for their family, for education, for their kids and, you know, whatever they're going to do for comfort. But my first goal was us. Yeah. Uh, but then still being smart about protecting all of our assets for the, when we do go post-retirement. Yeah, post-retirement. <laughs> um, making sure that the, it's protected properly, whether yeah. that means put in a trust or if it's, uh, you know, setting up any special life insurance policies to cover any tax basis or whatever it might be. But do you, so for, for me, this is the way I also think about it. Like, <clears throat> I've enjoyed the journey of, oh, yeah. of my career, not even close to over. Hope not. Uh, no, I mean, me neither. <laughs> uh, and it's not that I've amassed a great fortune, because I haven't. Um, but I want my kids, I want to uh, give them the same opportunity to start with close to nothing. Right. And, and, and go there. And I think when you get into a situation in which one generation does a great job, Mm -hmm. uh, and then they 
give that money to the next generation to set them up or I got to gift you into your state and all these sorts right. of things. It gets weird. And that's, that's anecdotal because I see people's financial lives. And I know you have friends that have been on every side of this. Oh, absolutely. Too. You know, I when we, Sherry and I, yes. Sherry, the wife. The wife. Right. The wife is a bad thing to call right. your, of your wife, just so you know. Um, so when we set up our, our will, yeah. we even had a provision in there that uh, our kids would not have access to our inheritance right. up until a certain age. And it's called a brat trust. Okay. You know that? There you go. No. No, it's there called a brat. Not that your kids are In no. fact, here's what's crazy. You are, <laughs> this is the David McLean <laughs> episode. Like, your sons are two of the most well-adjusted people I think I've ever met. One well, being like nice. 19 and one 19, 16. 19 16, yeah. Uh, like, seriously. And, and, and so you have to think, our conversation, the reason we're having it is because... Um, I guess your children are a byproduct of, of, of sure. you. Sure. Right? Right? Hopefully. You would hope so. Right. I hope I had some influence. So, yeah. So I, I see that too. So right now we're in our will. We have a trust set up for our kids. Sure. Um, but they're not to the age yet where I would, where we have set it up where they wouldn't get money till they're 25 and then 30 right. and 35. Was it always that way for you or did it cross over when they were in their teens or something? No, I always did. I had it set up where, you know, the estate would obviously take care of them right. and pay whoever was, whoever they went to live with. Sure. Um, you know, help pay for living expenses and college, things of that nature. But, you know, ultimately access to them being able to pull money out and do whatever they want to do with it. Uh, I had it, you know, scaled from a very young age because to me, as you know, it's so important to me that my kids understand the concept of work yeah. and earning their own money. Um, back in the day, Bill Cosby had a great one with Thea. Well, quoting Bill Cosby <laughs> on the show really isn't what it used to be, but go right no, ahead. Right, right. You know what's uh, upsetting about that besides everything is I have a pretty good Bill Cosby impersonation, which you just can't use can't anymore. Use anymore. So yeah, but that, Theo Cosby. came to him and Theo sure. says, uh, you know, but dad, you know, we're rich. We can afford it. And he looked at him and said, look, your mother and I, we yeah. are fine. Yeah. You, you have nothing. Yeah. And I made it very clear to my kids at a very, very young age, no matter how successful my wife, Sherry, yes. and I are, um, that doesn't mean you are. And it just means that you get to enjoy the byproduct of that while you're living with us, but it doesn't go with you when you leave. I'm not a big believer in fate. I'm just right. not really my thing. <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, Olivia, Ollie, my seven-year-old, and I had that conversation this week. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. This week, she asked me something about money, and I answered the question honestly, and she said, wow, we... And I said, no, 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 no. Right. We, as in your mother and I, you, yes. nothing. She's like... And I, I think I totally agree that's an important message. Now, people are going to hear this on the radio if they're watching it on PeteThePlanner.tv, and they're going to say, there's two guys that are jerks and that are doing it wrong. And um, We'll wait and see. Yeah, that's the tough thing. So there's there's, no, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, you might do it another way, and your kid turns out great. Uh, or your kid might turn out to be a spoiled brat and not have a work ethic at all. You know, Isn't it, that the biggest fear of every parent that their kid ends up being a spoiled brat? Well, I no, mean, I don't think it is everybody's fear because if it was their fear, they wouldn't do it. You know, for those of us that it's a big fear, that's why it's such a big topic and it's such a hot topic for me raising my kids that they understand the concept of working and how hard it is to save that money. Now, let's not assume all of your friends, close friends listen to this program and or watch this program. Doesn't I mean, everybody? Well, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, my mom does. <laughs> right. But let's just say that that's the case. Can you look, without naming names, at people that you're very close to, that you share a, almost a, a mind with at times, that 
do it very different than, than you do it. I, yes. I like the way you yes. do it. No, I know. We, we, we see on the same level right. there. But no, I see it a lot of other people that um, they just don't see it. And they, they think that they're doing something out of love right. for their child when ultimately they're not. I had this conversation last night with a friend of mine uh, via text who lives out of state. Okay. That was talking about her daughter being ungrateful in the morning that the mom made the smoothie wrong and her 16-year-old yeah. daughter Dump was Dump it kind down of, the sink is what and, you do. And my comment was, I think I'd tell my daughter if I was in case, yeah. make your own smoothie. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and she said, well, that's what I told her. I said, so did you stick to it? She said, no, I made her one <laughs> the next morning. Well, there's the problem. Right. You know, my answer was, well, how's that going to work? Yeah. Um, you know, and so um, for me, you know, my answer is, is, you know, make your own lunch for school. You know, when you get to elementary school and middle school, if you want to take your lunch, make it the night before, prepare it, put it in the fridge and take it yourself. It's not my job to do everything for you. And it's not a cold hearted thing. It's really meant to make my kids as independent as possible. Because to me, the biggest compliment anyone could give me about my kids is one is they're polite and hardworking and independent. And yeah. Those are the three things I care about. Is the, and independence is huge. Well, see, the way I, I always think about parenting, and it, it becomes both comforting and terrifying, is this idea that no one knows what they're doing. No. Right? Right. And so... And the grading system's kind of awkward. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so how, where do you get your grades? You know, when do you find out how well you did? Ah, oh, man, so conversations like these are interesting, right? Or sure. you and I agree on this particular topic. I, I, I'm trying to think, there's probably things that we disagree on. Possibly, but, but, I, but I'm a, we agree on this. When it comes to work ethic, yeah. understanding money, yeah. um, those are the biggest things that are, that are gonna be valued in life. And the last one would be having, having a relationship. So there's yeah. work, there's money, and there's your, your personal life relationship. Are you gonna take over the big chair? Are you gonna be <laughs> start hosting this show? But, uh, but yeah. so the, but the finance part's huge. Obviously, don't yeah. tell you that. You know, you make a living doing this. Um, yeah, but for me, pretty great living. Right. <laughs> but for me, I mean, that's so important. Is yeah. the kids understanding? No matter how wealthy mom and dad might be, right. It doesn't mean that you've accomplished anything. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of like the guy that buys a really expensive muscle car sure. and thinks it's cool that it drives so fast. Yeah. He just bought it. He didn't do anything. Right. He didn't invent it. Big deal. You know, who cares? He just bought it. Any any idiot with money could buy it. Uh, so give the guy credit that designed it and engineered it and came yeah. up with the brain thought. So same thing with money. Just because we have it and you get to enjoy it doesn't mean you did anything for it. Go to work. Earn your own money. Where's that book you've been talking about right now? <laughs> it's, it's sitting in my iPad. Uh, so let's do this. After the break, we'll come back, and uh, we're going to talk very specifically uh, about the idea of giving your kids a better life than you had growing up. I, I've told you a story before about my grandpa and what that meant to him and to my dad and then my dad to me. We'll see what uh, my guest of the week, uh, coffee <laughs> shop owner, actually real estate mogul David Klein has to say. That's all next here on the Pete the Planner Show. Stop what you're doing and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strong as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Alright, we're back on the random Pete the Planner show here today. Like I mentioned to start the show, went down to get my cup of coffee as I do every morning at Zing Cafe. Zing Cafe. And uh 
was talking to my friend David, who owns the shop. We started up a conversation about like what we want for our kids when they're adults financially. And I was like, come upstairs. Let's just let's just do this. So he joins me now, David Klein. Thank you very much. I like calling you real estate mogul. You never tend to fight that. I'm not going to fight it. I'll okay. take it. I'll take any compliment I get, um, if it's a compliment. So think of your childhood. And I'm thinking of my childhood. And I'm thinking of my dad's childhood, because my dad and I talk about this a lot. Uh, this idea of giving your parents a better life than you had. Giving your kids? Giving your, yeah. I'm not giving my parents a better <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> no, giving your kids a, a better life than sure. you had growing up. Just reflect on that. What, what does that mean to you? Is there any practical application? Is it trite? You know, I mean, I, I probably much like you. I was yeah. very fortunate. I grew up in a family that um, we were financially fine. We were not extremely wealthy, but right. we, clearly it never was an issue that I thought about um, you know, growing up, but um, you know, I, I don't. I was given great opportunities, and um, one thing my father always stressed was be happy to help provide opportunities. But after that, it's all on you. So introductions so, of in relationships, relationships, and, uh, helping you know get you started. If it's a matter of starting a business, being there to help you know guide you along the way, give you input. Um, if it means maybe opening up some doors, but after that, you got to walk through the doors yourself. You know, and so that was always the uh, the mentality was that I'm here to try to help you any way I can, but I'm not going to do it for you, and I want you to get the experience of doing it on your own. So I'm going to make a statement that'll probably get me in trouble. Sure, usually, and does. I'm willing to do that. So a lot of times people think if you grow up in a nice household that you're set up. There's this guy on Twitter that loves to blow me crap. Uh, he <laughs> says you were uh, you were born on third base and you always feel like you hit a home run. Oh. Based, you know, he's like sure, always sure. likes to tell me that, which right. he doesn't know me or, or know no, anything absolutely. about me. Um, but what's interesting about that to me is being born on third base is not about money. No, it's about the sort of parenting you receive. Absolutely. I mean, again, right? again it's all opportunities. Yeah. Um, you know, people are given opportunities all day long, and some people take advantage of them, succeed with them, and others fail. And if you have some opportunities that were presented to you to make things uh, available to try to become successful, uh, it's still on you. You know, I was not handed, like me personally, and I know you weren't either, handed our business no. and said, here's an operating business, go sit in the chair and don't screw it up. You know, that was not the, that was not the deal. In, in fact, I turned down a family right, business yes. to just be like, I don't want to do that. I could make a, a nice living my entire life. I don't want to do that. I, I want right. to do this, Correct. right? And yeah. so, but you had opportunities, good connections, people you could talk to, um, and that's great. But it still comes down to your success is what you've made it yeah. um, based on opportunities given to you. And sure, I recognize that you know, maybe I had better opportunities available to me than maybe others did. Maybe that's but, it doesn't, the, yeah. but it doesn't mean that they still can't be successful. So maybe that's the way to think about it. So when you talk about giving your kids better than you had, really it's about giving them better opportunities, but not... I still, I still think people confuse that with money. Oh, absolutely. And right. things. So uh, I have a show coming up on youth travel sports, right? Wow. Big topic, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and that's a sticky topic, right? Because sure. I, I think it often gets misconstrued as giving my child a better opportunity than I had. Uh, that's what people think it is. When I think it ends up you put too many resources on something that objectively can't possibly be a priority in your life. Right. Well, I think, you know, what you ultimately see, and again, I take it full circle because how adamant I am about kids working. Right. That you see all these people that say, my kid doesn't have time to work. Their job is sports. Their job is sports. Oh, it is. And my question is, how much are they going to make playing professional soccer? 
yeah, what's the chance of them making it? You know, I mean, it's silly, and their and their kids mediocre at best yeah. already. You know, and yeah. so, but they're spending so much time and energy on training and all this stuff. And I love sports. I'm yeah. a huge sports fan, and my kids all played sports. Never yeah. played travel sports. Which, um, which is okay. Which so, maybe they're just genetically challenged. Maybe right. That's the so <laughs> now they're gonna your boys are gonna watch this show, and uh, this show is not about travel sports today. But I, we're having a small <laughs> thing about it. Um, they're decent athletes. Sure. I mean, they're not the they're greatest. Athle- they're athletic kids. Yeah. Um, they're not athletes. But very easily, you could have put them in travel sports and live sure. that travel sport lifestyle. Absolutely. You had the means to do it, yep. but you chose not to. No, absolutely. I wasn't. That gonna, was a choice. Oh, without a doubt, it's a choice. I wasn't going to take my time out of my whole life dedicating to something there that's really not going to be This is where people think we're bad people, right. just so you yeah. know. And I'm a huge sports guy. Keep in yeah. mind, I'm not anti-sports. Yeah. My kids all play and I'm a big proponent of it. But um, you know what? The father-son, you know, the dad's club league where you dad's coach, my kids and I had a blast doing that. Yeah. We, we avoided travel. We stayed in there. I got to coach. I got to be with my kids more often. And, uh, you know, it was fun. And it, was, and it didn't consume our life. And so let's let's go back to the idea sure. of giving your kids uh, things they never had uh, or things you never had growing up. My my grand, I always uh, here in the studio. I've always got my Pringles can, which is a Grandpa Dunn original. Uh, this is the Pringles can that was his bank awesome. when I was a kid growing up, and he would always put his pocket change in sure. here coming home from work. Absolutely, from Allison Transmission in Speedway, Indiana. <laughs> and on the weekends, he would use this money to buy donuts for the family. Sure. Well, they had eight kids. You know, classic yep. Speedway family, eight kids. And when you have eight kids, uh, you got a half donut right. on Sunday mornings, right? <laughs> and so to, what's funny to me is growing up when my dad would say uh, his idea of giving us things he never had, right. we got a whole donut, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know? Right. Um, and, and that being said, um, you know, my dad's college was paid for, so my sure. dad paid for my college. So that experience continues. Right. But... Um, I, I think that's interesting too. You and I were talking about college costs this morning. If you ever want to be part of an amazing conversation, come to Zing Cafe <laughs> any morning around 7 a.m. David and I were solving the world's problems. Uh, we, we were talking about the idea of paying for kids' college. Yeah. And so I feel like as it, as it comes with my children, my responsibility is my college was paid for and I have to pay it for it. Absolutely. Because if you don't, what you do is you take that opportunity that was given to you and you say, It was good for me, but not good enough for you. Well, I think you just, you right, you selfishly yeah. just go, I'll absorb this opportunity. It's, right. it's like the pay it forward thing line in Starbucks. Right. You know, your your, your coffee's we paid don't for. We Starbucks, by the way, but yes. Sure. Zing uh, well, Cafe. Do people pay it forward at Zing Cafe? They can start, yeah. If you do, you. well, here's what I'm saying. Let's say a person in front of me at Zing Cafe <laughs> pays for my coffee. And, and then I go, well, that was really nice. The next person's going to have to pay for their own. Right. Right? Like... Sure. That's the college experience if you don't pay for your kids. Right. And, I, and again, it's selfishness on a parent's part. But how, um, where do people get lost with that? And this is, again, I, we've been saying this whole time hedging so people don't think we're jerks any more than normal. Like, there's no right or wrong. But, David, I got to think on some level, if, if your parents paid for your college and you take that and then you'd make no plans to pay for your kids no matter what the expenses are, like... That's wrong. Absolutely, it's wrong. I think it's wrong. You know, and and if you can't afford to pay, and again, we're going to go down a whole other line here, but if you can't afford to pay for your kid's college education to go off to a big university, um, guide them in the direction of what you can't afford and go to what you can afford. 
and don't go into huge major debt over an undergraduate degree that's not going to get you anywhere anyway. Okay, so this so, is I'm interesting. Sorry, so we digress. No, no, no. I mean, that's a really good point. Sometimes giving, uh, doing the right job parenting means having that difficult conversation to say, look, you can't go to a $50,000 a year school. Right. Um, and you shouldn't because of this, this, and this. Right. And you can stay home and go to this local community college and save up money for the next couple of years. And then if you want to really spend some money, on your graduate degree, which to me is more of an investment in yourself and in your business, whatever that would be, right. whether it's medical school or whatever, that's an investment in your business. Uh, that's a different story. Just like we took out loans to start our businesses and build up stuff, it's the same for graduate school. So anecdotal evidence uh, part of the program now. I, I found <laughs> that um, oftentimes when a parent doesn't prepare for college, like they don't prepare to, to save through the years and their kids are three and four years old, and it comes down to it. The kid's 17, 18 years old. The parent's like, oh my gosh, I should have <laughs> saved. And so I feel like what ends up happening is the parent ends up writing a blank check in that moment out of guilt and sure. out of shame. And then it makes everyone worse for it. Well, I mean, again, you, you got to plan for everything. You know, we, our whole topic here started, you know, how do you plan for money for your kids when you post-retirement uh, yeah. and death, um, you death. know and what do you do with it and yeah. how do you plan that I mean I, how do you not plan all of this stuff and look forward to what you're doing and you're not and you're being extremely selfish yeah to the rest of your family if you're not spending time addressing some of those issues uh, even down to I don't know if you do it I do it my you know my life probably uh, financially and business is a little more complex because there's a, sure, lot of real part, estate and a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, I keep an envelope full of uh, information that's open in case of emergency. And, yeah. and I update it every couple of you know, months or every, you know, twice a year we'll update it. You should do it every day. Right. <laughs> just to remind you how mortal you are. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I put all that information in there that it's either for my wife, it's for my kids, uh, it's whatever it is. It's so that it, in that moment, it's, it's looking to help take care of them to understand what's going on and what they need to address, just to make it as easy as possible. So, I mean, clearly they're gonna be mourning very badly. Oh, they'll with, be with very upset. Right. I'll take a deli tray over. Right. <laughs> uh, so let's do this, let's take a break. Uh, and coming back after the break, uh, we will have one more segment with David Klein, uh, talking about just sort of parenting in the 21st century. It's 2017, what do you want for your kids with what you've built when you're in post-retirement? We'll do that when we come back here on the Pete the Planner Show, brought to you by Zing Cafe. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this beat. Hang out it slapping glass house, keep it funky. Work to the jams, drums, clicking, clapping, grooving. This is the All right, we're back here on the Pete the Planner show. Uh, if you're watching a Pete the Planner TV, you say, hey, he was wearing a jacket and he's no longer wearing a jacket. Yeah, I took off my jacket. I, I know there's this idea of continuity in film. I'm not interested in that. 
right? That's not my thing. So now you get to see my pasty arms. And if you're listening on the radio, you don't get to see my pasty arms, but I did have a jacket on. We're back with David Klein talking parenting in 2017. This all started at the coffee shop this morning. David, you and I were trying to say, uh, like, when we, when we die, like, yeah. what do we want left for our kids, right? Sure. I, I'm going to put it on record now. So Olivia and Ted, when you watch this, uh, I don't know, tomorrow or someday, here's the score. Uh, I don't really intend on leaving anything, <laughs> and that's for your own for your own good. David, people are going to hear me say that. I'm like, what a jerk. But I mean it, and I mean it with all my heart. You know what? It's interesting. So my father-in-law, uh, who is in his uh, late 70s, mid to late 70s, retired, sure. did well, had a very successful life, and... Um, he was driving a 15, 18-year-old vehicle, and I know you have issues with spending money on cars. I really do. I, I do. do. And he was driving this thing that was breaking down every time it would drive, and mm-hmm. we go out there, and the you know thing blows, and we got to take it to the mechanic. You know, constant mess. Yeah. And I, my comment to him is, what are you saving the money for? Go buy a new freaking car. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're in your 70s, that's different than it's when different. you're in your I understand. 30s. And my yeah. answer is, go buy a new car already. Yeah. I said, you know, this is nuts. What are you saving it for? For us? We don't care. It's for you. Why would you not live your life and enjoy your life worrying about what you're going to leave to your kids who ultimately are successful in their own right to begin with that don't need it? Yeah. You know, obviously, we'll enjoy it when it happens and get that benefit of that for their kids and you know, it all trickle down. Let's, let's but, over- but, but ultimately, spend the money and enjoy your life too. Don't, don't constantly live for how, what you're going to leave them. Let's oversimplify this, okay? Uh, and I, and this is so trite, uh, the old uh, teach a man to fish, Sure. And give <laughs> a man a fish. Isn't that this though? Without a doubt it is. Like, like, what do you want for your kids? What's more valuable for me to give my kids uh, a bunch of money or show them how to create their own? Well, I mean, you know, my answer, my well, answer is I know, but it's I independence. Can't. I mean, but how do you not take pride in knowing that your kids are becoming independent and want to do these things on their own to build their own self-worth. Okay, let's take let's take this uh, beyond independence for a second. There is something beyond independence to me. It's that you become a pillar of your community in sure. which then you can lift up others in your community, absolutely. right? Absolutely. But that starts with independence. Right. No, absolutely. Like if you're dependent on your own family or dependent on your own community, you can't be independent. Uh, but once you're independent, uh, I like to think sometimes I can there are situations no matter how much I do on 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 TV or radio or books or whatever I can't teach all I want to teach about uh, money so right. at some point I would I need to give money right to, to the community right <laughs> sure for my kids I gotta love I can teach them and teach them and teach them and teach them they're not gonna need my money right right so um, I, what I think I am saying is at some point in time I feel like my will may reflect giving money away from my kids as opposed to my kids. You know, I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, I don't know. I mean, people well, are going to send a percentage. hate email I mean, after yeah, this episode. Yeah, I wouldn't. So I just had this conversation the other day uh, with my wife when we were talking about it. Sherry. Sherry, just to clarify. <laughs> From and Sherry's so, Berries? Right, no, 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 different Sherry. But she uh, did have a... But she does she, do Sherry's Berries. It's very strange. There's trademark issues, but go ahead. Okay, so ultimately our conversation was, look, I would not leave my entire estate to the Humane Society or some other, you know, right. association that I feel strongly about and not give my kids anything. I'd like my kids to enjoy the benefits of my hard work that right. I did. Um, but I also would like a portion of my estate to go towards some causes that I feel very 
close to and supportive. Sure. And so for a, a nice chunk of that to go towards there, I would hope that they respect that and understand that's how I'd like to be remembered as well and not have an issue with the fact that I decided to donate, you know, 20% of my estate to something and they're still going to do great and get plenty of money out of me, but let's give some of that to another cause that would be beneficial. So I love this topic because it goes back to the old uh, when I had someone on the uh, the podcast the other day inherited $480,000 from from mom and dad. Okay. Okay, very cool. Person's 39 years old, I think. Perfect. Um and this person was great because they didn't get caught up in the, well, what would mom and dad want me to do with this money? Right. Like, which is a really weird thing because then you begin justifying your own actions with this sort of mystic thought. And I've <laughs> seen people do this. They go, well, dad always wanted me to have a boat. Right. It's like, no, no, dad wants to be alive. He doesn't want to, <laughs> right. he doesn't care <laughs> if you're in a boat. boat. Right. Shut your mouth. That's, that's not even close to true. So. What what you just said is really fascinating to me because then you get into this idea of, well, what dad wanted was to give money to this cause. Right. Put That's your, what he wanted. Put it in your will. Right. Put it in your will and discuss it with your kids ahead of time so they understand it. Um, uh, we didn't talk about money a lot growing up, um, but I, so that doesn't mean I didn't learn anything about money. Do you think... You, I don't think we specifically spoke about money on a regular basis, not to the extent that I talk to my kids about money. I, the, um, the, the world has changed, though. But that's the case. I mean, it's it's completely different. My dad used to not tell me who he would vote for. Right. And now you owe it to your kids to tell them to who you're voting for and why. Right. <laughs> like, especially now. I mean, this is why, because it's... I don't know if everything's just so you know polarized now that you have to, to choose a side or right. what, but... Um, no, but I, you know, we, we didn't speak about how to manage money, but my father would talk about situations and would discuss real life issues that would right. go on. And during times that uh, maybe times weren't as good, he would discuss, hey, look, we, we need to cut back on our spending as a family. And he would explain that, you know, so I understood, oh, wow, okay, things aren't as good. And realize that that happens. You know, there's a lot of people that bury their head in the sand, as you know, yeah. that refuse to want to let their kids know that anything possible is different than what it ever was. And, and so much so that they'll damage their financial life further, further to, to just, hide it. To hide it from their kid, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world, because their kid will grow up thinking everything's always hunky-dory. I, uh, that's so true. I, uh, I use the phrase, we can't afford it. Oh, absolutely. A lot. Um, and my daughter's almost got to this point where she's like, I think you're lying. Yeah, I'm I don't pretty buy sure it. you can afford it. <laughs> it's a choose to not afford it, though. Right. Right. And I got to think in your situation, doing all right. Um, how do you how do you deal with that uh, with older kids, 16 and 19? Do you just say, yeah, we're just not doing that? No, absolutely. My answer, my answer yeah. when they ask for something, my answer is I'm not willing to do it. But if you want to spend your money on it, go right ahead. Well, let's wrap this segment with a story. <laughs> uh, last night, uh, Olivia and I are driving to gymnastics, youth travel sports. There you go. Right. <laughs> and uh, our dog passed away about a month ago. And uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, oh, I thought you were going to give me quick condolences. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry okay, thank that. you. Oh, there you go. And uh, we were talking about getting another dog. And she said, can we get a puppy? And I said, well, generally, when you get a puppy, you have to buy the puppy, which is the nature of it. But if you go to the Humane Society, you can adopt a dog for a lot less expensive. And there you go. And she said, well, how much is a puppy? And I said, well, a pug puppy, depending, could be 400 800 bucks. You just sure. never know. And she said, I have a plan. This is good. There you right? go. She said, I'll pay for half and you pay for half if it's 800 bucks. And I said, okay, well, how are you going to earn the money? She said, I'll do jobs around the house and you pay me. And then you pay the other $400 for the puppy. And I said, sweetie, uh, 
I would still be paying $800 for the dog. Right. And she said, no, 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 dad. Once you give the money to me, it's my money. Uh, <laughs> so genius, of course, genius move there. Uh, then we had to share to laugh because we realized was that, she not going to just borrow the money from Ted? Yeah, that's what she usually does. <laughs> like she, she was going, she was going to pay my son Ted to clean her room, twenty bucks to clean her room. Uh, and then Ted told me this, and I asked her where she's going to get the money, and she told us that she was going to borrow the money from Ted. Right. Genius. It is genius. <laughs> well, David, thanks for this impromptu oh, uh, whole oh, joining us. Always fun. Uh, it always good. Real estate mogul David Klein, coffee shop owner David Klein. Parent psychologist. My landlord, <laughs> parent psychologist, armchair psychologist right, here on the exactly. Pete the Planner Show. We'll come back after the break uh, with the biggest waste of money of the week and maybe a news item. I'm Pete the Planner. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. All right, that's it this week for the Pete the Planner Show. A special thanks to our special guest, David Klain. If you want to react to our thoughts on modern parenting, do it. Uh, email me, askpete at petetheplanner.com or find me on Twitter at petetheplanner. Look, none of us know what we're doing. We're just theorizing how to be a parent. There's, there's one point in time when you're a parent, it just hits you. It's like, oh my God, my parents had no idea what they were doing, uh, but it seemed like they did, right? Isn't that, the, isn't that the truth? It's like you're doing it and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. That means my parents didn't know what they were doing, yet they looked like they know what they were doing. Does that mean my kids think I know what I'm doing? I don't know. But anyway, email me, askpete at petetheplanner.com. All right, so let's wrap with this week's BWOM, biggest waste of money of the week. And it is the sphere. That's right. Uh, if you're watching on petetheplanner.tv right now, you can see the free spirit sphere. It is a floating uh, sphere. In the grove of cedar and maple trees, the free spirit spheres offer treehouse accommodations in the rainforest of Vancouver Island. Each of the three suspended domes vary in size and comes equipped with sleeping for two, a dining table, built-in speakers, because, of course, when you're in trees, you need to have good music, purified drinking water, and a circular window to admire the lush coastal environment. The first two models are handcrafted from Sitka spruce, while the newest edition is made from a vivid yellow fiberglass with a black walnut interior and more spacious living area. Uh, when you're ready to leave your pod, Horn Lake Caves, Parksville Beach, and the Lighthouse Country Regional Trail are all at your disposal. To stay in one of these pods, it only costs you $175 a night. Uh, and usually, I always reserve the right when we do BOM. If I change my mind in the midst of BOM, I can tell you I actually think it's a good use of money. You know what? I'd pay $175 to stay in a sphere in a tree in Vancouver. Would you not? Doesn't that seem like a reasonable thing? To, I mean, they got purified drinking water and good jams. 
Let's, let's, let's see it again. Like, so if you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, you, you can always watch the show, not just listen to it on radio. Man, look at that sphere. I love that. You know what? It, it, since I'm sort of losing my hair, uh, it kind of looks like my head. It kind of looks like my head. Bree, uh, can you do a side-by-side of my head and that sphere? Is that possible? There's a sphere in the sphere. Let's get my... Doesn't that kind of look like, if you're watching PeteThePlanner.tv, that sphere looks like my head. Anyway, as we wrap, one last uh, note for you. Uh, I, I love what happened in the White House this week. Like, we're not talking politics, but uh, when, when apparently President Trump uh, required uh, Governor Christie to order meatloaf, he was like, you got to have the meatloaf. I'm a man that loves meatloaf. Like, I do. And uh, while I generally don't take to another man telling you what to eat, if, if, if someone says, eat the meatloaf, I'm going to eat the meatloaf. Because at our home, we don't eat meatloaf. Because my mo- wife does not like, I almost said my mom. How Freudian was that? Oh, that was so weird, right? So uh, we don't eat meatloaf. So I eat order meatloaf whenever whenever I can. And look, I'm sure the White House chef makes a mean meatloaf. So shout out to President Trump for forcing someone to order meatloaf. See, we do see eye and eye, eye to eye on on some things. It just turns out it's it's pressed meatloaf. All right, that's it for this week's Pete the Planner show. If you uh, just caught us on the radio or podcast, thanks for listening. But check us out on PeteThePlanner.tv as well. And I'm reminding you, as always, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. We'll see you next week. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult financial Divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET, word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, this I adjourn, 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 adjourn,